the floater strategy didn't pay off for Chris, who is now evicted from the Big Brother house. Good evening, everyone. I'm TJ Perry Moonves, and welcome to Big Brother Coaches Edition. Despite a game so quiet that most didn't even realize he was even in the house, Chris is gone. But that decision didn't sit well with the Saban Squad Alliance, who felt Nick took the easy way out with his two nominees, leading to a blow-up with Nick and his alliance. Well, I still like both guys. I think both guys are good players. I think both guys can help our team. All right, so why do you continually try to get me to say something that doesn't respect one of them? I'm not going to, so quit asking. Tonight, we crown a new head of household. But first, did Nick's blow-up begin to splinter the once strong Saban squad? Live from the Palace on the Prairie, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show 2022 Top 25 Countdown brought to you by criminal defense attorney Carter Jennings. Get the defense you deserve with Carter Jennings Law, 405-659-7221 or visit carterjenningslaw.com. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Outstanding, outstanding. It's starting to get oh, spicy. The, it's starting to get spicy well, in the house. That's exactly right. Alliances are starting to form. Not surprisingly, Nick Saban is in the middle of it. Two house guests have already been evicted. Let's see what happens today. Let's remind you of the two teams we have unveiled so far. First at number 25 on Monday. Nebraska came in at number 25, giving Scott Frost another chance. He's got Casey Thompson now, quarterback this year. Sooners get him uh, September 17 up in Lincoln, and yesterday at 24. Stan Weber joined us yesterday to talk K-State football. Former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez is now in the Little Apple with Deuce Vaughn, Felix Anudike Uzoma, K-State, and OU meet uh, in the Big 12 opener in Norman for both of those, Big 12 opener for those teams. Which brings us to today, the number 23 ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... Oh, man, this is going to be a tough one, Teach. A little too soon. The Ole Miss Rebels come in at 23. The football team I'm talking about. Hang on, I got to sneeze. Oh, bless me. You are oh, so good looking. I remember not too long ago saying, I got no reason not to like Ole Miss. This is going to be a fun series. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> Oh, congratulations to Ole Miss on winning the Baseball National Championship. Well, the football team comes in at number 23 on our countdown. This is a really interesting team to, team to talk about. Of course, Lane Kiffin is their head coach. They lost a ton. They went uh, they won 10 games last year in the regular season for the first time in school history. Think about that. First time ever. We talk about, you know, oh, you went in 10 games around here and people are up in arms. First time Ole Miss has ever won 10 regular season games. They did lose their bowl game to Baylor, the Sugar Bowl, 21-7. And they lost Jeff Levy to OU. They also lost 
their co-defensive coordinator, D.J. Durkin, to Texas A&M, and they lost their quarterback, Matt Corral, to the NFL draft, as well as their best defensive player, Sam Williams. That's not good, T.J. That's a lot of loss. O.C., D.C., Q.B., end. Best offensive player, best defensive player all out. But maybe nobody did a better job of hitting the transfer portal than Lane Kiffin did. First off, let's start a quarterback. That's where Jackson Dart ended up, just to remind you. Remember, TJ, Jackson Dart was at the steakhouse in Norman? We thought he was maybe going right. to end up That's at OU. Right. He ended up at Ole Miss. He's got to battle it out with Luke Altmeyer. I don't know if he's going to win the job or not, but most uh, Rebel pundits seem to believe that Dart, the former USC quarterback, is going to be the guy in Oxford. They lost their top four running backs as well from a year ago. However, they went and got Zach Evans from TCU. They went and got Ulysses Bentley the fourth from SMU. Is that not the richest sounding name you've ever heard in your life, TJ? Ulysses Bentley the fourth. That does sound like he has a gray poupon in his There's uh, chauffeur no doubt driven that limo. <laughs> when he orders a sandwich, asks for the gray poupon. That's exactly right. Zach Evans, by the way, is a stud, and uh, uh, I can't believe, you know, well, I can believe, but TCU's got to be dying that he got away. So uh, they also, at wide receiver, lost uh, their top three pass catchers from a year ago. Jonathan Mingo is back. They went and got one of Louisville's best wide receivers, Jordan Watkins. They went and got one of UCF's best wide, their best wide receiver, Jalen Robinson. O-line back pretty much intact. So to uh, summarize the offense, they lost their quarterback, their top four running backs, and a couple of good wide receivers. But they reloaded with really good players on all those at all those positions. It's a matter of them gelling. Offensive line pretty much back intact from a year ago. Defensively, pretty much the same story in the front seven. Uh, I mentioned they lost Williams to the NFL draft, but Maryland transfer Chase Campbell uh, comes in at linebacker. Uh, they they added the all-MAC linebacker, Troy Brown. They got Georgia Tech's defensive end, Jared Ivey. They got a defensive tackle from Auburn. I mean, he really hammered the transfer portal. Reloaded well on the defensive front, and their secondary is back pretty much intact from a year ago. Ole Miss was, they won 10 games last year because they continued to have a good offense with Jeff Levy, and they were significantly better defensively last season. They need to continue that defensive improvement. They couldn't stop anybody two years ago, as many points as they scored. Now they could stop people, or at least were better at it last season. Schedule-wise, very manageable first half of the season. Troy, Central Michigan, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky at home. Kentucky's pretty good, but they get them in Oxford. Vanderbilt, those are their first six games. I mean, there's no reason to believe they can't be 5-1 and one or 6-0. and oh. 
Then they get Auburn in Oxford. Another winnable game right there. Could be 6-1, and 7-0, and oh, maybe through the first seven weeks of the season. But the closing kick is brutal. At LSU, at Texas A&M, Alabama, at Arkansas, Egg Bowl. Now, they do get the Egg Bowl in Oxford this year. But that is a brutal closing kick. Three of the final five games away from home. LSU, A&M, Bama, Arkansas, and then they got to play their arch rivals. So, easy first half, brutal second half of the schedule. Um, for me, TJ, maybe the biggest loss is Jeff Levy. I mean, that's going to be... That's going to be the thing. They got Charlie Weiss Jr. coming in now to run the offense. He was with, obviously, uh, Lane Kiffin when he was down at Florida Atlantic. Um, Can Weiss be as effective as Jeff Levy was offensively? I think everything else, they've done a pretty good job replenishing. I don't know if Jackson Dart's going to be as good as Matt Corral or not. Probably not. It's a little hard to fathom that he would be that good, but maybe. We'll see. But all the other positions, I feel like they filled in with players that are as good, maybe even better than they had a year ago. I just don't know if that offense is going to keep clicking like it was when Levy was there. And, of course, playing in the SEC West is tough. But Ole Miss is pretty good. I'm maybe not as high on them as some other people are. I still think they're a top 25 team. I still think they're a bold team. They're not going to win 10 games like they did a year ago but a good squad and a potentially dangerous squad if they can make it all gel early in the season, second half of the season, they might upset a team or two in that tough stretch. We shall see. What do you think? Ole Miss at 23, too high, too low, or just right? I have, since you sent me that they were the team today, yesterday, I have been struggling with that answer. I have grown a little bit of a soft spot for Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin was a guy that I could not stand at any of his other spots. He got to Ole Miss, and something clicked for him. He matured a little bit, but kept his humor and his edge. And I've really enjoyed Lane at Ole Miss. I've enjoyed his social media presence, the things that he's done with Twitter, and um, how he's handled himself on there, the shots he's taken at, at Saban and some other guys have. How shocked he is when his daughter's How shocked it is, he mall. is over his daughter, and that was funny. Like, there's a maturity that's come with it, but he's kept his humor and his edge that he's not doing the rip my shirt off, bust through doors, and kicking the walls that he was doing at Tennessee. The Grove, love, love the look, the style, their uniforms. There's a lot of turnover here. Yeah. They got a lot of return. There's potential there, and you're exactly right. It's their schedule. They are a top-10 team at some point this season because I think they start out 6-0. and Chance at 7-0. and Right. If they go 6-1 and and, and lose that to Auburn, and then in. it caves in, and they could be 6-6 six and six at the end of the year and just in a terrible stretch of football because that, that's, that finishing stretch for them, like you said, is just absolutely brutal. I think they're going to pick off somebody alone. They should, and and maybe if they get to that six and zero, and then have that home game against Auburn and get to seven and zero, that may be the catapult they need to play with confidence. That they then go on the road and win in Baton Rouge or something, and then they they are a nine or ten win team. But 
I don't know where to place them, honestly, because I think they're 6-0, and probably sitting at 8, 9, 10 at that point somewhere in the season. Highly thought of. And then they hit a stretch that I think they could be out of the top 25. At the end of yeah. the year, they're barely right. bowl eligible. So, Tough. I'll just, I guess I'm saying just right because... I think there's too many questions with uh, what they're replacing, what's going to go on on the offensive side of the ball, and that schedule at the end. So I'll say you've got it just right. Can I tell you what I was thinking about the entire time you were answering that question about Ole Miss? What's that? Just how gut-wrenching that call was at first base on John Spikerman running inside the baseline. (laughs) I, we got text about that last night about a play that happened in MLB, and they're like, go look up the play if you get a chance. I'm like, I don't want to because I, can't relive I it had anymore. finally started getting past it, yeah. and then you bring it up to me again. I can't relive it anymore. <sighs> oh, man. Ole Miss at 23. Well said by you, by the way. Harry Harrison, color analyst for the Rebels, joins us at 8.05 this morning. We'll learn more about the Ole Miss Rebels back after this. All right, welcome back. Hour three, Wednesday, July 27. And we go live now to Oxford. Talk a little Ole Miss football with their outstanding color analyst, Ole Miss legend, Harry Harrison. Harry, good morning. How are you today? Man, I'm good down here in the deep south. It's, I'm sure it's warm in Oklahoma, but it's darn sure warm in North Mississippi, that's for sure. It is hot, man. It is hot. Are they still buzzing down there with that baseball national championship? It's uh, everybody's still riding the high. You know how it is. I, I talked to David Kellum. I, I waited about three weeks just to make sure his feet had hit the ground again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was big. Obviously, a big deal taking up Oklahoma and two out there. Yeah, that was uh, that was an incredible run that the Rebels had. No doubt about that. Um, man, what has the reception been in your neck of the woods down there to the news that Oklahoma and Texas are headed to the SEC? Are people excited about it or not? Yeah, I think people are excited about it. You, you know, some people go, "Oh my God, we got to you know pick up two new, two uh, brand new stalwarts that've been around national brands." But you know, when you play in the SEC West, you got to buckle it up every week. So, you know, come on, Texas and Oklahoma, <laughs> it's just two more giants we got to try to slay. Hey, before I ask you about this Ole Miss team, I did want to ask you about Jeff Levy, who obviously has yes. uh, made the move to Norman. We know Jeff from his playing days and have kind of followed his career from afar, coaching career. What did you like about him, or what did you notice about him when he was down in Oxford? What are we getting in Jeff Levy, in your opinion? I think you're getting a real star, a rising star. You're going to run tempo, and obviously I guess you guys did that last year with, with the system you had, but Jeff's going to pick it up another notch or two. And, uh, you know, people thought Ole Miss was – throwing it all over the yard and we did throw it a lot but we actually rushed the ball more than more times than we threw it when you stretch it out over the season but you're going to get a wide open offense sometimes four and five receivers and uh, if you got a good tight end obviously he uses likes to use the tight ends also but uh, he he it will be a star for you uh, i think didn't you guys bring in a quarterback that maybe he had coached a couple of years ago down yeah. in central florida so uh, they should have a good relationship. I, please tell Jeff hello. I, I thought a lot of him. We got uh, fairly close in the short time he was here, but uh, you definitely got a star in the rising right there. Well, we, I will pass that along. Uh, good dude. I, I hope you're right about that. I think you are. Um, let's talk about this team. 
a tough team to figure out, Harry, going into the year because so many losses, uh, not just on the field but on the sidelines as well. Of course, one of them being Jeff Levy. But, I mean, um, Lane Kiffin hit the transfer portal as hard as anybody. So looks like they brought in a, t- a, lot, a ton of talent as well. What's your assessment of this team going into the year? I think just like you did, that they brought in on paper, on paper, and we got that's all we got to go in a few, you know, a few film sessions. But on paper, it was a really talented group. And now Coach Kiffin is really talking about camaraderie, trying to get some chemistry with these guys, making sure because you know in the past you sign these kids out of high school, and two or three years they're they're obviously heavy into the system. Some of them become leaders early on. But that's what you got to have. And when you sign 12 or 14 new guys in key positions, being quarterback or running back or safety or wherever it might be, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, these guys have got to blend. What I've seen throughout spring and in this early summer that these guys, it's all good. But the good news for the Rebel fans is we got four weeks in the month of September and we play non-conference schedules. And so I think with between 30 days in camp and – in four early games, surely we'll have all this figured out. From where, from a, I think the quarterback position obviously is very big. Matt Corral was our leader last year, uh, terrific year, put up some big numbers, drafted uh, by Carolina in the third round. But uh, he really will took a couple wins for us by himself, and he, you know, so you got a big, a big, big position there to try to refill. And the uh, Rebels got a kid that uh, on the staff already that uh, played last year sparingly. Wound up playing quite a bit in the Sugar Bowl after Matt went down, but uh, brought in Jackson Dart out of USC. And Jackson was early, got here in the spring, and most of those transfers did. So that was a good thing. They got a chance to have an early peek at him. But uh, that, that's a two-man race at quarterback going into camp. So we'll see how it shakes out. What is your opinion? Uh, is it going to be Dart or Altmeyer? Well, coming out of spring, I would say it was Altmeyer. I thought Luke uh, protected the ball well. I, you know, in, in both of their the defense, uh, we had some receivers that uh, stayed injured. Uh, really, our number one guy, Mingo, who's, who's now started for the last three years, uh, broke a bone in his foot back last fall, came back towards the end, and then they tried to insert him in the spring, and it just was too quick. So he was not out there. Uh, some of the transfers were hurt, you know, not a full spring. You got a few days out of them. So, you know, and these guys' defense, they really didn't have those go-to receivers that I think they will once once fall camp starts. Boy, the defense took a giant step forward last year. They lost a bunch of guys too, but they brought in a bunch of guys in the transfer portal. What, what do you think about the defensive side of the ball? I, th- I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be good, and I think it'll be a strength carrying this team until we get these these uh, question marks filled on the offensive side. Uh, had a lot, we got a ton of starters coming back on the defensive front. Yeah, we lose Sam Williams out to the Cowboys, but uh, uh, we got a really really good player that played the strong side last year in Cedric Johnson. He'll fill in there where Sam was, and uh, he he's really good. He might have been the best defensive lineman we had last year, one of the end positions, but. You know, the question mark is, and we brought in some linebackers, that, you know, we lose a Chance Campbell, who was really the heart and soul of that defense last year. But, uh, you know, we, we've got some guys that we, we're filling in with, and uh, we've got some veterans on this team that played a lot last year. So, once again, the secondary, we, we go with six defensive, like a lot of people do with a three-man front. So, we're really blessed to have probably seven or eight, nine guys up front that we can substitute in. And when you play this, this high-powered, fast-break football, like you're going to see with Jeff Levy, like we were here, 
you better have a bunch of guys up front on defense because sometimes you're three and out and it doesn't take but a minute or so and you're right back out there. So uh, you got to have some depth, and I think that's probably the strength of where we are now defensively over the last three years. We're now built some depth up there. Yeah, I want to ask you about Lane Kiffin. My uh, my co-host, uh, TJ, said something that I agree with. It was not exactly all that likable at some of his previous stops in, in Tennessee and in the pros and USC and stuff. There's something about him at Ole Miss, though. And maybe it's because he's sticking it to Nick Saban and Jimbo and, you know, all that. I don't know what it is. There's something about him at Ole Miss that he's become – fun and likable from the outside and uh he's really engaged obviously in the social media game and everything you work with him closely how did you feel about him before he arrived and and now that you've had the opportunity to work with him for a few years what's what's your impression of him you know before he got here all i knew was what i'd seen tv wise read about didn't have any you know didn't know much about him obviously i knew about his father monty kiffin who obviously came with him and he's been around with a with a great uh, resume. Uh, Lane, I think, uh, in the early days, I think success came at, at probably at a too early of an age, got into the NFL probably too early. Uh, but to his credit, whatever those negatives were at USC at, at the, at the uh, Raiders, he brought that and turned it into a positive. And I, I think when he got here, obviously the very first year was a COVID year, no spring training. We played 10 SEC games. You got your feet well pretty quick. But when you're in the SEC West, there's nobody bigger than Nick Saban at Alabama, of course. And uh, so I think he feels comfortable here. I think there's not nearly as much pressure on him here as it would be at a USC or in the pros. Uh, obviously, he and Nick worked closely over to Alabama, and I think he learned a lot in that three-year trip over there. But uh, I, I think he's, you know, Ole Miss and Oxford, which is a great college town, not nearly as big as most places he's been. And I think that's probably been a little bit of a shock to him. But I think now he's comfortable with it. Uh, I think he's got a, a big, uh, a lot. I think he's got a huge list of coaches that he's familiar with, and, and that's what you got to have because you're going to lose coaches every year. Obviously, we did this year, and uh, he's brought in some new guys, and that that'll also play another part as far as chemistry going along into the season. They were all here for the spring. Charlie Weiss Jr. There's a name you've heard, of course, with his father being legendary in the offensive schemes of football. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator. But when you mix Lane in there offensively, you got a really, really brilliant mind as far as uh, schemes and schematics and, and how you're going to turn things up. But, you know, it all starts in, in, in any league with a quarterback, and that's exactly what Ole Miss has got to have is one of those guys to step up and, uh, and play well. Well, you look at the schedule, fascinating. Um, first six weeks, those are at now, you know, manageable. All right, we can do this. Uh, last six weeks is that might be the toughest uh, six week stretch anybody in college football has. It's it's um it's crazy how it's stacked this year. But well, you bet you got six weeks to get your act together here, Harry. That's right, and, and you know, and of course, we're used to this. We play in the SEC West in the last six yeah. weeks, and all all the teams in the SEC West. So. Uh, you know, we go down to LSU. They got a brand new coaching staff. Uh, had a bunch of guys transfer out. We'll see how that plays out. Auburn, uh, Harson, of course, is uh, you know created quite a buzz over there, whether negatively or positively, I don't know yet. But uh, you're right. In Kentucky, that's our first SEC opponent. They're picked number two in the SEC East, so they they've won ten games and been to bowls the last four years. So 
Uh, obviously, they're, they're a really good team coming in here, our first opponent, but we play them at home, and I like that. And then we go up to Vanderbilt, and then we jump into the SEC West. Fortunately, by the time we get out of October, we've got an open date before we play uh, Alabama uh, finish up with them, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. But anytime you, you, you tie it up in this league on the SEC West side for the last few years, it's uh, murder's row. Oklahoma will figure that out in a few years, I'll promise you. Yeah. What's that uh, visiting radio booth like uh, at your place? It's uh, We have the best facility in the, in the conference. You'll, you'll like Attaboy. it. Attaboy. If you're here, you know, you'll have your – you will have your, uh, uh, your your project your your director up top of you. You'll have plenty of room. You'll probably put five wide down on the front. You got plenty of room. I like it. I like it. You just made my day, Harry. Thank you I'm very much, you. man. I'm telling you. What about an Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, good but older. It, it's a good yard line. Just a, a a little older facility, and you're way high in the sky. You're on top of the second deck here. That's the thing that's a little difficult is how high you are. But good yard line, four across in the front. Hopefully we're going to build a new facility here in the next few years, but it's not bad. I would put it in the average category. Gotcha. No, you're going you're to like our facility. It's uh, You'll be about the 35, 40-yard line, and it's uh, it's not that high and uh I'll good say, good because I just went to Auburn a few weeks ago, and that's brutal, man, <laughs> down in the end zone. Holy cow, I don't know how anybody calls a game from Auburn. David calls it off, off the uh, prompter, off the TV. We, we'll set up a bunch of uh, TVs in there, and he'll do it all off the TV. Right. I, I can't do that. I try to watch the entire field, and, and so, yeah. but it's pretty hard. Depth of field is really difficult. Everybody goes in there and complains about it, but – I don't I'm think gonna it's going to have to have a prayer meeting before I call a game in Auburn. That's going to be brutal, I'll man. promise you. I'll hey. promise you it's bad. It is bad. Harry, thanks for, thanks for getting up early with us. We appreciate it. Good luck this season. Have fun. Tell David I said hi, and uh, we'll talk to you on down the line. All right. Tell Jeff Levy I said hello, and good luck to you. We'll do it. See you, Harry. Thank you. Bye. There you go. Harry Harrison from uh, Ole Miss.